Hey everyone, hi and welcome to The Bridge. This is an interview series by Talent and Web3, where we speak with Web3 founders across the Asia ANZ region to understand why they are building in Web3. My name is Nigel and today we have Tasha with us today uh, with Alpha Ventures DAO. Hi Tasha, nice to meet you. Hi, glad to be here. Just so that we can introduce you to the crowd, Tasha, what is your Web3 origin story? Yeah, so uh, luckily I was in the Bay in 2016 um, and pretty much, you know, got introduced to Bitcoin uh, and everything in 2016 and 17 um, where I went to school, which is in at UC Berkeley. So, you know, with, within the UC Berkeley network, a lot of, uh, you know, sharing and knowledge has been shared about Bitcoin uh, and the blockchain, right? So that's how I first um, got introduced and started trying trading um, in 2017, I think with similar to a lot of people who are in this space now, I think a lot of people got started in 2016, 17. And then I think, uh, training was like just to get it, you know, going just to try what it is, how it works and everything. Right. And then as you kind of dabble into this whole new realm of what is this thing, um, then you started to read more. Um, so I read Bitcoin white paper, Ethereum white paper, um, a, a lot of white paper. And I realized that, wow. You know, what we're looking at here is super interesting, at least for me, right? I think it's super interesting that, hey, like this can actually revolutionize so many things. It really thinks outside the box and it actually like creates a whole new opportunities and a whole, also like whole new business models. So I got really like fascinated with that. Um, so I've been following with the whole industry ever since, um, until 2020. Uh, that's when I started Alpha Finance Lab or Alpha Ventures now. We have, uh, two arms. Um, but the reason that, you know, it took me from 2017 to 2020 was that in 2017, 18, 19, it was a lot about like infrastructure, right? A lot of the, uh, blockchains were being built. A lot of infrastructure were being built. Not so much the applications on top of the blockchain itself. Uh, but personally, I'm more interested in, Hey, like, what can you actually do with these blockchains to, to actually like be more consumer, um, related? So I'm more related. And more relatable to the application layer. Um, up until 2020, that's when the first application uh, kicked off, which is DeFi, right, or decentralized finance. So I think that whole uh, cycle, um, pretty much more of uh, really figuring out how do I want to do anything with this area that I really am interested in. And then 2020 it just happens to be that it's the the DeFi or decentralized finance, which is the first you know, application uh, set. Um, that is built on blockchain, right? Uh, so, so that's how uh, we got started. Awesome. Um, tell me more about why DeFi? Why, why of all things or use cases did this pique your interest? Have you always had a background in finance? Yeah. So, uh, yes. So, so I studied economics. Uh, been mm-hmm. very interested in finance, in tech, uh, intersection of those. Um, being at Berkeley also helped kind of ignite. Um, curiosity of tech um, and, and, and how it intersects with finance um, like automatically as well. Um, and then my co-founder, his background is in math and engineering. So he went to MIT. Um, he's actually ranked the third in math globally. Uh, his name is Nipun. You can actually have it checked on, on the International Mathematical Olympiad. Mm. So with his um, you know, strength and, and you know, love of math, it makes it a, a really interesting problem to to tackle when we when we look at DeFi because with DeFi you are actually like creating financial product on chain which means that everything is math right 
um, because in order for you to automate everything and making sure that it's safe um, and parameters are good, you have to have a really strong math. And in order for us to be able to innovate, I think our in-house research team and math capability really uh, differentiate that. Um, and hence, you know, why we're, we decided to tackle DeFi because of our interest, which is, you know, the, the founding team's interest. And also we are going to be able to like use that to, to leverage and, and innovate uh, a lot better than, than others. Awesome. Could you double click on what exactly is DeFi or what exactly is the space that Alpha Venture DAO is building on? Is it just replacing banking or is it broader than that? Or is it very specific? So we focus on building DeFi products, which I'm going to explain a bit more on what that DeFi word means, right? Um, and at the same time, uh, we also, um, you know, help advise and, and incubate external projects too. So, so I think, but anything in DeFi, right? Um, but the main focus is building DeFi products. And what I mean by DeFi is that, so think of it as there are two different worlds now, right? Um, with the, the current world that we're all in, everything is built, you know, on the current technology, everything is using fiat. Um, and now when, when we have another whole new world, which is everything is built on blockchain and blockchain is open tech, uh, which means that it's not tied to any particular country or anything. But what that world needs uh, is an economy or like a, a metric of economy to be able to function in that world, right? So hence, uh, it gives rise to different cryptocurrency, uh, USDT, USDC that represent, you know, fiat equivalent, which is stable, um, or uh, very non-stable, like volatile tokens, like Ethereum, Bitcoin. But anyway, these are all the the metrics or, or you know, different units of, of how money can flow in this new world, in this new economy, right? Um, once there are these units that happen, which we have been having these things since like 2012, 13, right? Then the question becomes, or the question in, in among the people in this new world is, is asking, Oh, how do we actually make use of these units that, that we have already? So then, then it gives rise to, okay, we can, we can actually do lending or we can allow people who hold, you know, Bitcoin tokens or, or Ethereum tokens. Um, to lend because there are people in this new world who want to borrow. Then you might ask, you know, why did they borrow Ethereum? Uh, or like, what did they do with the borrowed Ethereum tokens, right? Um, again, we're talking about this new world. So everything in this new ecosystem is in the new world. Um, the reason that it doesn't link with the current world yet is because, you know, the unclarity of, uh, like regulations and clarity of so many things. So hence, um, the people who would want to borrow, let's say, Ethereum tokens, would be wanting to um, perhaps, you know, uh, speculate on Ethereum token price or maybe even borrow to stake because now Ethereum as a blockchain has um, ability to, 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 to have people stake and support the blockchain protocol, right? So there are many different uh, reasons why in this new world or in this new economy, people would want to borrow Ethereum tokens to do different things in this new world. So because of those new opportunities that happen, then people like me or, you know, like my team were thinking of different questions, for example, oh, how do we make sure or like, how can we create new financial opportunities or financial ways for people? What can we do more with, with what we have in this new world? 
So like lending is one of the options. Margin trading is another option. Um, derivative trading. Um, so, so these are different things that the DeFi would be falling under. And these uh, availabilities of services, note that it's only related to cryptocurrency because everything we're talking about is in the new world, right? And in the new world has no fiat at all. Got it. But I guess the question is why? In your opinion, why is this a problem worth solving? As you mentioned, there's two worlds. We already have one world, the fiat world. A lot of these problems are already like solved. The solution's already there. Why Why would somebody in Web2, for example, why would they appreciate that there's this whole new thing that's happening in this new world? Mm, good question. And I think a lot of people, when they think of crypto, they think of the centralized part of crypto. For example, a lot of the in- centralized exchanges, um, centralized funds, uh, and when I say centralized, I mean that their product and tech and how their company built their, you know, their code base, nothing is open, right? You can think of centralized crypto companies as typical tech companies, typical tech startups just happen so that they does or they, they build product that offer stuff for crypto, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what that means is that you know, centralized exchange is offering, you know, crypto trading is no different than, um, you know, Grab or like Lazada, right? Like tech-wise, everything's the same. It just happens so that their product offering is allowing users to trade crypto. Um, versus when it's decentralized um, project or, or decentralized product, which is uh, what these DeFi um, products are and also even when people say Web3 it's uh, the products that are built in a decentralized way so the product and tech are open source the product and tech are transparent and and automated um, so it runs very differently like so so what that means is with the decentralized way of product and tech um, everything's automated everything's run through smart contract on the blockchain um, hence it's different from centralized exchanges, which everything is you know closed, right? So now that we understand roughly the key difference between centralized crypto company and like decentralized crypto company, um, then now it leads to my original point that when typical, um, you know, when, when general people think of crypto, people think of the centralized crypto company, which is fair because that's the majority of um, the space nowadays. Um, and also that's the first thing that, that people would see unless they dabble, they really dabble into Web3 and they would see the decentralized part. So when, when that happens, I think a lot of people can, can be skeptical very easily, um, of crypto as an industry or, you know, Web3 as a, as an industry, right? Because of the fail, failure of FTX, failure of different centralized companies. And note that all the companies that, that are, you know, failing and, and on the news, they're all in the centralized crypto company part, um, uh, BlockFi, uh, Gemini, uh, etc. Right? Oh, not Gemini. Sorry, Genesis. The reason that we really believe in DeFi, and also we think that uh, people who are so in Web two should be excited with Web three, uh, especially in DeFi, um, is that this is the first time that we see, like, in our own hands and eyes, that 
uh, centralized finance don't work um, because of pretty much, you know, because of, of, of human, right? Um, however, if everything's transparent and uh, open and automated and run through smart contract, um, things actually work. With, you know, the current bear, the bear market, with the last bull market, DeFi protocols, which is all automated on smart contract, they, they are still here. Like these protocols work, uh, the products and tech work. There's no fraud, nothing happened with all of those. We're super, we're even more bullish in DeFi now with all the failure of centralized companies. Um, and that's why we're, um, we want to innovate this even further. Got it. So if I try to take a step back and rephrase that in a, in, in, in a different way, is, is it, is it that we can finally not trust humans, but rather just trust code and math with Web3? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense mm-hmm. to me. Why DeFi though? Like Web3, uh, some people would already be familiar with like the million dollar JPEGs, NFTs, DAOs. Like, there's, a lot, there's a lot of different facets in Web3. Why were you particularly interested in DeFi. I know you already mentioned that your your partner was in maths and your your background is in finance. But uh, beyond that, do you think this is like the the most exciting aspect of Web three? So I think the most exciting is subjective. Um, mm. If you're ask, asking an artist, it might be NFT uh, mm. for sure. And and I think I think the whole Web three is really exciting. Even though I'm not mm. building in social identity area, I get really excited. You know, Lens Protocol just launched. Um, the gated uh, token yesterday. I got really excited by that. Uh, I think any innovation in Web3 is really exciting. Um, but the reason that we want to really build in DeFi and also focus in DeFi is that I think DeFi is going to be the core of a lot of things. Um, because if you look at um, blockchain and this whole industry that we, we have, it, it really re- represents new economy, right? Uh, it represents like a different way of how economy or country should be run, different different economy, right? In order for our economy or a country um, to be successful, there has to be a very strong uh, fundamental, you know, infrastructure of how financial system is run. So no matter new innovation happen, whether it's, you know, NFTs or social identity or anything like that, uh, I think the core thing that this economy or this world needs uh, is a really strong and good, like financial system. Um, yeah, so so similar to our world, right? Like we can have good, um, you know, food ordering um, application, etc. But like the the very basic thing, which I think now we all take it for granted, is we need to have a very good fundamental financial system, and hence, in order for everything to run smoothly. In that case, what are you building in OF3? What is Alpha Venture DAO? Two different uh, sites. So we build um, DeFi, <clears throat> DeFi products uh, in the name of Alpha Finance Lab, which I'll explain a bit more on like what kind of um, DeFi products do we build. And then we also um, help incubate external projects from time to time. It's, it's, on, it's more of like the main focus is on Alpha Finance Lab. Um, on Alpha Ventures DAO side, this is more on um, community contributing and making sure that we also help grow the talent uh, talent base and and the know how of the ecosystem uh, by helping incubate other projects. Um, but it it becomes more of um, 
opportunities as we see fit. So it doesn't operate more like a program, right? So coming back to Alpha Finance Lab, uh, what we are building um, are DeFi protocols that really tackle the fundamental problem, right? So I can share one product that we already have built, but I will I cannot share the second product yet because it hasn't been launched. But I can explain a bit roughly on like what problem we're solving. Uh, really excited. I'll explain the, the 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 first product first, right? So the product that we already launched back in 2020 um, is called Alpha Homora. And the usage went up to about 2 billion uh, at one point, I think around Q1 of 2021. Um, and then what it does is that it is a lending and borrowing platform, but very different from typical uh, lending and borrowing, right? Uh, we innovate a lot of concepts. We innovate on the borrowing side. We innovated on um, the interest rate model side. So I don't want to get into too many details, but with the whole offering of Alpha Homora, we actually came up with the whole new concept called leveraged yield farming. So before Alpha Homora, there is no concept, no mention of leveraged yield farming. But nowadays, it has become you know another category of DeFi uh, that people understand. Uh, so so that's Alpha Homora, right? And then with a new product that we're building, we're actually, it's going to be linked with Alpha Homora as well. And it's going to be a DeFi ecosystem that we build. But the problem that we're, we're tackling is that money markets now or, you know, lending borrowing market now uh, don't work for high volume of money uh, with how the product is built. Because for instance, if you look at borrowers, right? Um, borrowers, like the interest rates actually are not reflected from the yields in the market, the yields as in what the borrowers can gain, right? And typically borrowers borrow the money and pay the interest rate in order for them to make more money in the market so that this strategy would make sense. However, the interest rate model with how lending and borrowing market work nowadays in DeFi actually take no nothing into account you know, the market rates that external borrowers can uh, need to consider. So we're rethinking everything from the money market point in which um, the whole problem is that what would it take in order for, let's say, you know, 100 million fund to lend 50 million at one time? Because let's say if they lend at one time, what happens now is in the lending interest rate, which is really dropped, um, the whole pool is going to be, you know, super big. And there's so many like problems with the, with the current way that it will not allow DeFi to scale. Um, so we're solving that problem. So we're solving scalability problem in DeFi with a new product. Um, maybe we can round off that discussion. Uh, Tasha, just share with us where is Homura now and what are you excited about it in the future? Yeah, so um, Alpha Homura now is live on Finnish uh, blockchains. It's on Ethereum, um, Optimism, which is a layer two on Phantom, on Binance Smart Chain. And it works a lot with um, both retail uh, users and also like institutional users. Um, so yeah, it, it has outgrown to become more than leverage farming uh, that we set out to be in the beginning. And now the upcoming future is that it's also going to be linked with a new product uh, that we're building on. Um, and the whole two products, Alpha Homora and also the new product, will really tackle 
the problem that I shared earlier together um, in a way that we think both Alpha Humor and the new product will really solve the scalability issues in DeFi, at least for the next phase, until you know DeFi changes how it is as the industry changes. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, and just quickly on that, when you say you want to solve the scalability issue, who are you solving it for? Is it for the normal consumer to be able to use like millions and millions of consumers to use the product? Or is it for bigger money, like people with a lot of net worth being able to use the product at scale? Uh, or is there is there no difference? Is it is it the same target market for you? Mm, good question. So again, back to the old world, well, not old, the current world and the new world that I was explaining, right? Mm. So everything in the new world, namely, you know, blockchain world, the new economy, um, maybe it's not new, it's just, you know, a separate one, right? But this, uh, this separate economy, everything is kind of insulated here uh, at this point. You know, anything that is DeFi, uh, borrowing opportunities are only, people are only borrowing to do different things in this new economy. They're not borrowing Ethereum to do different things in the current economy of buying cars, right? Um, not so much. And I think the, the linkage of that will be linked sometimes in the future. I think that will probably happen when regulations are a lot more clear, a lot of things are a lot more clear. But anything that's in the new economy or the new world um, is, is, is right now only in the new world, right? So what that means is for Alpha Homora or even the new product, uh, we're building for the people in that new world. Hopefully, mm. you know, as industry matures, um, as, uh, as things get more clear, people from the current world uh, will be more comfortable joining the new economy. And then when the bridge is more clear as well, then I think that the flow is going to be a lot, a lot clearer. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, in that case, sounds like there's a lot of interesting things in store uh, for the company and, and Homura and everything else and the second product that I'm very excited to see. Uh, what are the biggest challenges? Uh, obviously, there's a bear market, but what do you think uh, the, the, the big bumps for the company are in the future? I try to think of this question before too, right? Like, I think it really doesn't pinpoint down to one problem. Let's say like, you cannot say that, oh, like finding fundraising is the hardest. You cannot say that managing people is the hardest. But I think what's really hardest is that as a company, your company will go through multiple phases. For example, if you are very seed phase, uh, it, it's one challenge, right? If you are, you know, maybe like Series A phase, it's different type of company. If you're growth phase, uh, it's different type of company too. So I think the hardest thing as a founder in any company doesn't mean that it's only Web3, right? Is that you have to be aware of that, hey, your company is transitioning to from C to Series A type of company. I'm not talking about, you know, how much money the company has in the fundraising, but the nature of the company, right? which means that what is needed, how it should be run, the type of people that you need are going to be different. And you have to understand how different it should be in order for a company to be really successful in its space. I think that's really hard because there's no one to tell you, hey, we're entering series A phase um, or, you know, hey, we're entering growth phase. It's you have, like you have to be able to analyze, observe, think, reflect, and realize that, hey, like, we're actually, we need different kind of people. We need different culture, right? 
Uh, and all these different things that you need comes from the different phase of company that you're entering into. Yeah, so that's my um, long answer short. <laughs> Got it. In that case, uh, you know, I have to ask this question then. Where do you think alpha is right now? Which stage is it? And what is what is the challenge that you see for this specific stage that you're in? Yeah, I think we passed the first growth phase. Mm. Um, and then now we're going into another growth phase. Yeah, so so now we're at the point in which... Uh, it's going to be high high growth, similar to last phase, um, but different angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which means that you know teams will have to be reorg, uh, culture will have to be set differently. You know, in the past, um, maybe first year of your company or even two years, you maybe not number of years that matter, but like what phase you're in that matter, right? Maybe if it's C phase, Series A phase, you may not really have to care so much about. Oh, you need to have clear culture. Uh, because people are not that many, right? But let's say when it's going through, you know, another growth phase, then you need to make sure all the ingredients um, are, are primed for you to grow well. Okay, awesome. Uh, in that case, what's, what's like a, either a North Star or a metric that you're looking into um, so that you know you're getting there, that you're progressing, that you're winning? Uh, is there a specific uh, number that you're looking at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there are multiple lens that we look at because we also don't want to to be successful on 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 the fact that you know it's hurting others as well, or or you know not educating and not helping to grow the new economy um, and the Just... the knowledge of the new economy too. So we measure growth on multiple fronts. Uh, the first front is product usage. So we have you know metrics on the product usage. We have goals for you know. Um, how much alpha Homora and, and how much the new product would have to grow into in terms of TVL, in terms of adoption, in terms of, you know, different rankings. Um, we have the second lens in terms of, um, you know, as a company-wise, our culture and, and, and branding um, is good in a way that we want to make sure that we become a team that really uh, is strong in product and tech uh, and able to ship great innovation, right? So I think in the future, uh, we're based in, you know, in Thailand, right? So in the future, when there, there are more capable, like Southeast Asian talent, uh, we're going to be able to, to capture them and really groom them. Um, and I think the third angle is really much on um, helping educate and making sure that everyone is safe um, in the new economy. So we're going to be publishing a lot of, you know, different thought piece, different research piece, um, co-writing with other um, research institutions. To make sure that everyone um, like help work it out on the security uh, front, because I think it, it's an open problem, right? Like, how do you make sure this new economy is safe? It's so new that it's it's very uh, unclear, and it requires um, an active role in in solving that problem. Okay, uh, very interesting. I I find that very striking. Uh, a metric that doesn't require somebody else to lose. I think that's very interesting. In that case. Why should somebody, uh, you, uh, we're, we're currently in a very um, precarious market today. Why would somebody in Web2 still want to join this Web3 wave? Why, why would this be, why do you think this should be legit enough for people to still consider? I think uh, number one is that I really think it's the future. If you look at the mm-hmm. tech and the product, right? 
uh, blockchain as a product and as a tech, uh, different smart contracts of applications that are built on blockchain, what it can do, how it's being built, and all these things. Like this is the future. So ignore all the centralized crypto companies um, for now, and then just jump into Web three. Right? Uh, if you really dive deeper into that, you will see and you will understand that it's the future. Uh, given how it's built, right? Um, so that's number one. So number two for me is that um, given so much unclarity, it suggests that we're super early as an industry, right? Because if as an industry, if it's super matured, everything's going to be figured out already. Everything's going to be very clear. Uh, let's say where we are now in the internet tech, right? It's very clear how to use it. It's very clear what's the regulations. Everything's super clear. Um, but it also comes uh, with the fact that it's very matured. Um, and with things that are already matured, it means that there are not that many new green fields for you to create different opportunities, right? So which means that if you come into Web3, I think there are so many new opportunities in terms of your career, uh, your roles, your growth, because it's only going to grow, right? It's just a matter of when. It will kick off. Um, so I think being a part of a growing industry is very exciting than a maturing or you know declining industry. Um, the third thing is if you believe in one and two, then for me, I find that, hey, I want to be a part of the future. I want to be a part of someone who's building how the future looks like. Um, so might as well uh, join now one way or the other and be a part of creating this whole economy. Uh, as opposed to, you know, waiting and then joining as a user, you know, 20 years from now. Um, I think it's going to be missing the fun of like, hey, like I was the one who created that um, and be a part of that ride together. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm convinced. No, I'm there. <laughs> um, for those that uh, were also convinced, how does one get into this space, in your opinion? What's the best way to get involved or to get started? Mm, um, very tough question. And I mm. think that's what we also all lack. Um, is like now that people are interested, how do they get started? Right. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of people that I find are, you know, they self study, they, they try to recruit in their countries, um, of, you know, crypto projects. Some people start from centralized company, but I think nowadays, it's also not as safe as before too. Um, so perhaps you don't have to limit yourself from only a centralized company. You can open, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole thing and, and evaluate all options. Um, but I think apart from that, uh, what I think will be really helpful is, um, you can join different, uh, programs. For example, like nowadays, a lot of uh, companies are creating accelerating programs for individuals to get ramped up. There are different uh, training programs, um, different facilities that support this. For example, I think like there are like startup schools um, that help match the talent and the startup. So I think like be in search for all those companies that offer the linkage um, for you. So you don't have to self-study a lot of things because it really is difficult to kind of like know what is important to know because information is so much. Got it. 
Okay, and final question, if they are interested in Alpha, uh, whether it be Ventures or the Finance Lab, how, how do they get in touch? Yeah, they can check out uh, our Twitter, Alpha, uh, Alpha Ventures DAO, um, or if you want to check out um, or reach out to me, you can also do so on my Twitter. Um, it's Tasha underscore Pan Pan. Um, I'm pretty active there. So yeah, it's an open economy anyway. So things are pretty transparent and open. So if you want to chat, feel free. All right. Uh, was there anything else before we conclude the call? Any last words for the for people tuning in? Um, yeah, I think last words is if you are young talent, ambitious, uh, young meaning that you can still take risks. Um, and you don't have to be successful like next year, right? You have time <laughs> to be successful. Um, then I think Web3 is a place for you. There's so much growth opportunity career-wise. Um, yeah, like promotions happen so quickly because the growth is so fast. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think there are a lot of room uh, to grow. Awesome. Super exciting. Thank you again, Tasha, for your time. Very excited to see uh, what is in store for Alpha in the future. Thank you. Thanks for being, uh, having me here.